I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The admissions of of Weiss that, no, I've never seen anything like this before, is really just floors you. I mean, because you have IRS whistleblowers saying they've never seen an investigation like this with so much interference and special dealing. Uh, You have the Department of Justice letting crimes lapse when they didn't have to. And now a prosecutor is just shrugging away a judge's question saying, well, have you ever seen anything like this? He's like, no, like he's some pedestrian in that courtroom. I know you've read the transcript and you're about to hit us with some highlights, but that's a portion of this whole story, the whole Hunter Biden thing that is not getting enough attention, how they've drugged their feet for so long that the a lot of the crimes have lapsed. And the big gun one that he really could end up should have ended up in jail for and could still end up in jail for expires in October. And if they don't get their right. act together soon, that's just going to expire And the IRS investigator whistleblowers were howling that, hey, the prosecutor can say to the defense attorney, we need to extend the the, uh, statute of limitations while we're negotiating. And the defense attorney always says yes, because the alternative is we're charging your boy and the negotiations are over. But they intentionally let it lapse, which they never do. Just the interference. And Hurley, actually, I think that was Jonathan Hurley. Uh, I thought he did a good job of summarizing it. I mean, you have people, career, nonpartisan investigators, yelling, this investigation was interfered with. And then the plea deal is obviously crooked. I mean, how many how many different clues do you need to what is plainly in front of you? And I'm not asking you. I'm not asking the folks. I'm asking the rest of the media. Bye to bye. First hour of the show, we talked about the added Trump indictment stuff. So there and we'll talk about it again later weird times 
Susan Freccio wrote in the Washington Times that top lawyers in the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware, one of them a Democratic donor, appeared to work in tandem to thwart an investigation into claims that President Biden and his son Hunter collected a $10 million bribe while Mr. Biden was serving as vice president. House lawmakers will interview U.S. Attorney David Weiss, who was in charge of the investigation uh, for unpaid taxes, lying on firearm background checks, etc. Uh, they think he's going to talk to Congress next week, is it? I can't remember the tentative date, but I'm really interested to see whether uh, Weiss shows up or Assistant U.S. Attorney Leslie Wolf shows up, um, given the now ongoing negotiations over the Hunter plea bill, uh, plea deal rather. So um, that'll be interesting to see unfold. We just don't know at this point. So uh, uh, the transcript of the hearing has come out. Politico got hold of it and, and, and it's now out. Um, and a couple of different approaches to it, focusing on different aspects of it, both super interesting. Uh, quoting from uh, Chris Tigani's uh, Twitter thread, um, legal commentary, Judge Norieka, 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 I heard somebody pronounce it yesterday. I'll say Norieka. Judge Norieka asked the U.S. attorney five times if there was any precedent for such a one-sided plea agreement like he gave to, gave to Hunter. He said no all five times and even admitted uh, this was crafted to suit the facts of the circumstance. Um, let me see. That more or less summarizes the quote well enough. Um Judge Norica had never seen the type of agreement, quote, not to prosecute like the one she was being asked to sign off on. There was and is no precedent for U.S. Attorney Weiss to give Hunter Biden such special treatment while strictly enforcing the law on everyone else. So the judge says, all right, now I want to talk a little bit about this agreement not to prosecute. The agreement is not to prosecute includes is in the gun case, but it also includes crimes related to the tax case. So we looked through a bunch of diversion agreements that we have access to, and we couldn't find anything that had anything similar to that. Uh, judge, do you have any precedent for agreeing not to prosecute crimes that have nothing to do with the case or the charges being diverted? Um, well, I'll, I'll read the whole thing to you. Uh, so let me ask, do you have any precedent for agreeing not to prosecute time? Blah, blah, blah. I'm not aware of any, Your Honor, says Mr. Wise. Court says, do you have any authority that says that that's appropriate and that the probation officer should agree to that as terms or the chief of probation should agree to that as terms of a diversion agreement? Mr. Wise says, Your Honor, I believe that this is a bilateral agreement between the parties and that the parties view in their best interest. I don't believe that the role of probation would include weighing whether the benefit of the bargain is valid or not from the perspective of the United States or the defendant. Court says, OK, so have you ever seen I think I just asked you this, but have you ever seen a diversion agreement? where the agreement not to prosecute is so broad that it encompasses crimes in a different case. And Y says, no. And I would say, Your Honor, I don't think it is broad in the sense that we're going to talk about that later. You can sit down, says the judge. Uh, so you're getting an idea of the tone. And what then happened? The getting an idea of what happened. So offering blanket, your, your get-out-of-jail-free card for stuff that's completely separate. Is not something that right. happens. Unrelated. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Getty has agreed to plead guilty to unpaid parking tickets, and therefore he is granted freedom from prosecution for embezzlement. I mean, it's just bizarre. Right. 
anyway, the judge says, first it got my attention because you keep telling me that I have no role. I shouldn't be reading this. I shouldn't be concerned about what's in these provisions, but you have agreed that I will do that, but you didn't ask me to sign off. So do you have any precedent for that? Wise says, Your Honor, no, I, I don't have a precedent. Court says, as I read it, tell me if I'm reading this correctly, that under the agreement, as you all have drafted it, the only way that charges could ever be brought is if I have a hearing that you all agreed that I have to have, right? Yes. So I don't have a hearing or make a finding. No criminal charges can be pursued for the gun charge or any other federal charge within the scope of the agreement not to be prosecuted, right? I believe that's right, Your Honor. That's the unconstitutional part that the the judge was bothered by. Her having a hearing of whether Hunter had abided by the gun diversion stuff, staying clean, not owning a gun, would decide whether or not the executive branch of the government could ever bring any more charges. And she's like, no, that's the executive branch's job. You can't put me in charge of whether Hunter Biden can be prosecuted for anything from now until the end of time. That's ridiculous. Just to explain that. Another uh, section of the transcript. I'm concerned that the provision makes me a gatekeeper to criminal charges, puts me in the middle of a decision. Oh, you know what? That's She more or less explains what I just said. I apologize. I will move along. And then uh, Chris Tagani, the legal analyst, said, these are from the U.S. Attorney's Criminal Tax Case Procedures Manual. It directs U.S. Attorney Weiss to do the exact opposite of what he did in the Hunter Biden case. And he reaches out to Jim Jordan saying, please ask, what is the deviation from his training and policy directives? And he quotes chapter and verse, the Federal Criminal Tax Enforcement Code, which says, and I found this very interesting, the government helps to preserve the integrity of this nation's self-assessment tax system through vigorous and uniform criminal enforcement of the internal revenue laws. Criminal prosecutions punish tax law violators and deter other persons who would violate those laws. To achieve maximum deterrence, the government must pursue broad, balanced, and uniform criminal tax enforcement. Uniformity in tax cases is necessary because tax enforcement potentially affects more individuals than any other area of criminal enforcement. Broad and balanced enforcement is essential to effectively deter persons of varying economic and vocational status, violators in different geographic areas and different types of tax tax violations. And then they go into a fair amount of uh, detail that I'll spare you from. But it essentially says because tax evasion would be so easy and so rampant if there were no deterrent from the prosecutions that do happen because of the I'm picking up now because the exceptional importance of general deterrence in criminal tax prosecutions and because a sentence commensurate with the gravity of the offense acts as a deterrent to would be violators. A sentencing recommendation advocating for a term in prison is almost always warranted in a criminal tax case. And they go into some detail on that principle. And like Um, I said, I think a lot of the goal was just to get past October on that gun charge because that would be the five years would be up on that and he is out of the woods because that's the thing that's most likely would end him him up in jail because that one's just kind of a, 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 I hate the term no-brainer, but uh, 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 no-brainer sort of mm-hmm. situation. You handle a gun that way, you go to jail. Everybody does. One final bit of the transcript that I found wild. That weird, unprecedented, what the hell is it doing over here, blanket uh, immunity thing, is in paragraph 15. Okay? Just remember that, paragraph 15. Here's the judge. 
All right, so we're going to discuss that agreement in a bit, but for now let me say, by the way, I didn't get a copy of paragraph 15 of the agreement, but the parties provided me with a copy of that agreement just prior to the hearing, so that's what I'm going to quote from at the moment. So let me pause. The whole agreement was given to her court in advance so she could get prepared, except for paragraph 15. This is not made up, friends. This is in the transcript of the hearing. I will read on. This is the judge reading. Paragraph 15 of the diversion agreement states that the United States agrees not to criminally prosecute Biden outside of the terms of this agreement for any federal crimes encompassed by the attached statement of facts. Attachment A to the diversion agreement and the statement of facts attached as Exhibit 1 to the memorandum of plea agreement filed on this same day. This agreement does not provide any protection against prosecution for any further or future conduct, etc. And just so we're clear, I think you already answered this, but are you relying on that promise in connection with your agreement to accept the memorandum of plea agreement and plead guilty? Yes, Your Honor. If that provision were not valid or not enforceable, would you accept the memorandum of plea agreement? And the defendant says, no, Your Honor. So this whole deal hinged on paragraph 15. So here is, oh, go ahead. Even if you don't understand all this stuff, one thing that I take away from this is the... Johnny Cochran, the lawyer for O.J. Simpson that got him off, who famously said to me, uh, didn't say it to me. In my mind, this is a famous saying, because uh, I think about it a lot. The color of justice is not black and white. It's not a racial thing. It's green. The color of justice is green. You get the most expensive enough good lawyers, you can get different justice than other people. And I think that's what's going on here, and it's an, it's an, an example to me of if you, if you ever end up in trouble, you get good expensive lawyers. This is what they can do. They they, they, they hide <laughs> they hide things in different places or they, they just hope they're going to get a busy judge going through the day, kind of looks stuff over, misses it. And next thing you know, you're 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 home free. That's what yeah. happened, right? Mm hmm. Yeah. And I'm looking at the clock. We need to take a break. But I have one more thing for you. That's unbelievable. So a, a plea deal like this contains a statement of facts. All right. Here's what the guy did. These are the things we're agreeing not to prosecute him for in the future in exchange for this plea deal, which I must remind you includes no jail time, a couple of misdemeanor tax things. And, you know, he's more or less on probation for the gun thing. So what the government gave up prosecuting in exchange for that weak tea of a plea coming up next. Well, nobody was representing uh, the people of the United States. They were all working together no. to represent the, the, the Biden side of things, apparently. Uh, we have much more to talk about, and a whole bunch of different issues. Man, the, 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 the Ukraine counteroffensive is wrapping up. Did they accomplish anything? Ought to check in on that and other stories. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A friend of mine just texted me that they woke up with a craving for pie today. Hmm. I think I walk around with a craving for pie 24-7, air day. To wake up with a craving for pie, though, it's uh, setting the tone for a day that's going to go sideways. <laughs> or great. Depending on how you look at it. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. So the final thing from the transcripts from the Hunter Biden plea deal going sideways hearing uh, is something. This is uh, the statement of facts that wouldn't be permitted in any future prosecutions of Hunter Biden 
if in in spite of the fact that he was clearly guilty of tax evasion felonies over and over again and a serious gun violation, if he just pled to a couple misdemeanors and gotten a diversion program, all of this would be forgotten and forgiven and no crimes could ever be charged for, and I state, from the plea agreement. At all times relevant to the information, the defendant, Robert Hunter Biden, was an attorney and businessman with lucrative domestic and international business interests. From 2017 to 2019, he served on the board of a Ukrainian energy company and a Chinese private equity fund. He further negotiated and executed contracts for business and legal services that paid millions of dollars to compensation to him and or his domestic corporations. Through at least early 2017, he was also employed by a prestigious multinational law firm in uh, of counsel capacity. For this work, he earned substantial income, totaling more than $2.3 million in 2017 and $2.1 million in 2018. During the calendar year 2017, Biden earned substantial income, including just under a million dollars from a company he formed with the CEO of a Chinese business conglomerate, $666,666 from his domestic business interest, approximately $664,000 from a Chinese infrastructure investment company, $500,000 in director's fees from a Ukrainian energy company, $70,000 relating to a Romanian business, and $48,000 from a multinational law firm. Biden continued to earn handsomely and spend wildly in 2018. That's an actual quote. He received a little, a little over $2.6 million in business and consulting fees from the company he formed with the CEO of a Chinese business conglomerate and the Ukrainian energy company. So anything related to all that money and all those deals with all those foreign entities and domestic entities were off the table for the rest of his life from any prosecution, including tax offenses. I can understand why we, the people, would want to make that deal. And in return, he'll plead to a couple of misdemeanors and say, all right, I won't shoot a gun anymore. Unfreaking believable Nice again, job of representing the people, uh, Justice Department. Yeah, and again, the, uh, the, the code lectures the judges and attorneys at length, that there must be uniform and serious sentencing for tax crimes. Well, there you go. From the party that hired 87,000 new IRS agents to go after tax cheats, the rich paying their fair share. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. It absolutely is. But nobody cares. If their side is benefiting, they, they won't uh, breathe a word about it. What What is that word you brought us a few minutes ago? What are we going to learn about here? Oh, fubbing. Are you fubbing Ugh. your lover? Your spouse? Is this something we can talk about on the air? Oh, yeah, it is. And and you're going to want to hear it. You know, obviously, I've taken a light tone in the uh, the tease. But, yeah, it's it's a thing. It's a real thing. One of my favorite cultural icons debuted 83 years ago today. I want to touch on that. And uh, probably ought to touch a little on the new indictment stuff around Trump. They added some stuff to the classified documents indictment late yesterday, if you haven't heard that. It's not good either. No, it ain't good. It ain't good. So that's going to make things spicy. If you missed an hour of the show, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. 
products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. July is on track to be the Earth's hottest month ever recorded, and a new report says it may be the warmest month the planet has seen in 120,000 years. Okay, the numbers keep getting bigger. So it was. Wait a minute. Did he just say a. <laughs> you're right. So it was uh, a couple of weeks ago, is the hottest it's been since records started being kept in the 1850s. Then I heard it was the hottest it's been in 6,500 years. And I thought, how do they know? Now it's a, a, a six figures? How long did he say? 120,000? Is that what he said? Play it again, Michael. July is on track to be the Earth's hottest month ever recorded, and a new report says it may be the warmest month the planet has seen in 120,000 years. Maybe. Okay. I would like to see that backed up. All right. A new report says uh, kangaroos have banded together and are going to violently take over the uh, government of Australia. Yeah, and they've learned to talk. Yeah, and ride motor scooters. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, it's because of that. That Antonio Guterres, the U.N. Secretary General, said this. Climate change is here, it is terrifying, and it is just the beginning. The era of global warming has ended, the era, the era of global boiling has arrived. The era of global boiling has arrived. Global boiling? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not easily struck speechless, but uh, what the hell am I to make of those two clips? I don't know. And and as you've pointed out so wisely through the years, do the activists understand the damage they do to themselves? I mean, it's like if there was an overpopulation of kangaroos and they're, you know, hurting people and tearing up gardens or something like that. And I claimed in they might try to take over the planet. <laughs> I mean, I would look like a crackpot.
Wow. Wow. The era of global boiling has begun. All right. Guess I'll stay out of the ocean. Anyway. Uh, so. That is something that the ocean water in Florida was 101 degrees the other day. That's some it warm good. ocean water. Right. And right. they're growing mangoes in Italy. That's my favorite headline of the week. It's a beautiful time to be alive. We're <laughs> terrifying. Anyway. If you've had a romantic partner, you've most likely had the maddening experience of realizing that, well, you were talking about something or another, they were focused on their phone. Ah, uh, yeah. Now, as relationship transgressions go, fubbing, which is a portmanteau, which is combination, but it makes you sound fancy. It's a portmanteau of phone and snubbing. Ah, oh, I, I didn't know that term. Portmanteau? I hate portmanteaus. Yeah. So Do like, you? So Benifer is a portmanteau? We. Oui. Okay. Staycations, that's a portmanteau? We. Oui. I need to get this printed on my hand or something. That's my least favorite thing, portmanteaus. <laughs> wow. Anyway, fubbing is on the surface fairly benign, yet research increasingly shows it can be insidious. A recent study linked higher levels of fubbing to marital dis- dissatisfaction, and a 2022 study found it can lead to feelings of distrust and ostracism. One study found that those who fub a lot are more likely to be fubbed themselves, creating a kind of ripple effect. And I quote, Fubbing can be a range of different behaviors, from glancing at your phone in the middle of a conversation, to checking your phone when the conversation stalls out a little bit, or keeping your phone close by. Um, it's a funny word, but it can really have an impact um, but it's fairly easy to fix, uh, says this, uh, what is he, a uh, board-certified couple and family psychologist. Um, you just have to talk about it. To, to summarize, it can cause a lot of hurt and resentment if you don't say, hey, this is kind of a thing these days, people looking at their phone and not paying, to each, uh, paying attention to each other, and I don't think we ought to do that. I would like to see an age breakdown on this. Is this an issue for people that are 21? Do they even care if the person they're talking to is looking at their phone? I don't know. I don't know either, and I suspect the answer is not much. In a related story, they're not forming relationships. They're not even dating, never mind falling in love, getting married, having kids, anything like that. Excellent point. Yeah, How do you I, fall in love with somebody you're not paying attention to? <laughs> uh, ask the person you've been dating for six months what color your eyes are and see if they know. Um, that is, yeah, that's a tough one. I've, I've had my feelings hurt really bad in all kinds of different situations with people doing that. And I always, my, my internal thinking is always, am I overreacting to this? Am I too sensitive or... It would, been, it would have been unheard of pre-cell phones, pre-smartphones. Like if you're having a conversation, and it doesn't have to be. I don't know why they picked marriages or whatever, because it can happen in any relationship of any kind with two people. If Good there, point. If there are two of you, two of you there. But if if the person had like, <laughs> you're talking to them about something, you know, the, the important, your job, your marriage, your kids, whatever, and they get out a magazine and start thumbing through it in 1985, right. wouldn't that have been crazy? Uh-huh. That would have yeah, been insane. Uh-huh. You would have thought, uh-huh. you would have said, what are you doing? <laughs> they just pulled yeah, people I thought magazine we were talking out here. Yeah. yeah, look at Prince Charles. Man, he looks old. Um, We were having a conversation. Yes, Michael? I got a bad habit of doing that. I've gotten in trouble. 
for doing this, where my wife talks to me and I will start looking at the phone and I just... No, no, it's right. good you and confessed it. No, Confession the, is good for the soul. My response is always, be more interesting. Oh, wow. <laughs> be more compelling. How about I slap the phone out of your hand? That's compelling. <laughs> no, it's a, it, is a, it is a habit. There's no doubt about checking phones or watches. I do it with my watch all the time now. It is a habit. I don't like it. I do it with my kids. I, I hate that I do that with my kids. I won't let them I do ne- it to me, but I do it to them, yeah. which is obviously horrible. Oh, no, another horrible confession, but it's good for the soul. Um, <laughs> you know what I uh, have constantly got to remind myself of is um, being, not being, a uh, an endorphin crack monkey. The endorphins of seeing a new new email, new alert, interesting news story. There's a, it's not healthy for human beings to need just a little hit over and over and over and over and over again all day long. It's not good for my brain, and I know it. No, it's not, and I try to convince my kids of that. Although their brains may just, that might be the world they live in, and maybe their brains need to have that rubbery ability to deal with it. There's that thing that we've discussed a lot. And then there's also the, um, I guess you'd call it multitasking, which I've had arguments with people about this before. I don't actually believe multitasking is a thing. I believe the idea that what you're doing is you're doing multiple things not as well. (laughs) I really believe that. I think that's A, pretty settled science, and B, my experience. I was told that's because you're a man. Women can do it. All right. Um, uh, That's cute. But Oh, that. Oh, don't ever say anything like that to a woman. But, like, (laughs) I'll do it a lot. I did this yesterday where I'll be sitting in the living room, and the kids were like, we're watching something on TV or something like that, and I'm doing work. I'm not just scrolling through looking for the endorphin hit. But I'm doing some stuff. I was doing some paperwork. I was filling out some school paperwork or whatever on my phone. But in the old days, I would either have been sitting at a desk doing paperwork or engaged with them. I wouldn't have been, like, bringing them all together, doing a bad yeah. job of the paperwork and not paying attention to them. And, of course, to them, it doesn't make any difference whether I'm doing something actually needs to be done, like filling out school paperwork, or I'm looking to see what Taylor Swift's new boyfriend looks like. It doesn't really make any difference. Cute, I'm guessing. You would assume. A lot more to talk about after a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security. This is so cool. The 24-7 Live Guard protection made possible by Simply Safe's new smart alarm wireless indoor camera. Now with a fast protect monitoring plan, which is super inexpensive, if an intruder breaks into your home, Simply Safe monitoring agents can actually see, speak to, and deter them through the camera, warning them you're being recorded, scumbag, and the cops are coming. It's a game changer in home security. Yeah, that's the next career I want. When this one finally goes south, I want to work for Simply Safe, and I want to be one of the people, the monitoring agents, that speaks to burglars <laughs> through the camera when they're in the home. Oh, I would love Hell to yeah. do that. I tell you what, with my Simply Safe system, I'm gonna—I don't know if this is a thing. I'm gonna—I'm gonna authorize Simply Safe uh, monitoring agents to use whatever foul language and awful insults they choose. This new camera is the only indoor security camera that can trigger the alarm and instantly deter intruders with a built-in siren. Also. And its advanced motion detection and vision AI can sense the difference between potential intruders and pets. Now, if you have pets robbing your house, I don't know what happens. But uh, 24-7 live guard protection, the new smart alarm indoor camera works seamlessly with the Simply Safe system. And with Simply Safe professional monitoring costs under a buck a day, a bargain for the peace of mind it 
provides. So, AG listeners get a special 20% off any Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. This is a huge offer, is a limited time thing. Visit simplysafe.com/armstrong. That's simplysafe.com/armstrong. There's no safe like Simply Safe. How about after we take a break here in a minute or so, we go through what they added on to the Trump indictment around the documents thing. If you're barely paying attention, you might have heard Trump indictment and thought, okay, the January 6th indictment hit. No, that's still hanging out there. Could hit any minute. The old documents indictment. They added some stuff to that, so we could get to that coming up. RFK Jr., who's running for president, is out there and unhappy that they haven't offered him... Secret Service protection. Had you heard this? He asked. Yeah, I did actually see something about that. He he does have the unique experience of having had his dad assassinated running for president and his uncle assassinated as president. But uh, he said, since the assassination of my father in 1968, candidates for president are provided Secret Service protection, but not me. Typical turnaround time for pro forma protection requests from the presidential candidates is 14 days. After 88 days of no response and after several follow-ups by our campaign, the Biden administration just denied our request. Secretary Mayorkas, I have determined that Secret Service protection for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not warranted at this time. I don't think they, in the past, have given it to every Tom, Dick, and Harry who's running for president. Don't you have to become the nominee? I don't know that. RFK Jr. claims it's candidates. Now... The, 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 the people can't be paying. Secret Service protection is really expensive. You can't be paying for that for Marianne Williamson and Al Sharpton and every other candidate that's out there that, 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 that doing whatever they're doing. I agree with you completely. On the other hand, I think RFK has a, has a case to make here. Super high profile. Significant percentage of the, the polls are going his way. He's a controversial figure. His relatives were assassinated. Uh, I I don't know enough about this to really have a strong opinion, but I don't think he's off base. Like there's some hubbub made over Hunter Biden showing up to court the other day and the incredible Secret Service protection he has. But you do as a son of a president. But related to the KJP saying in the briefing room, he's a private citizen. And he will be treated like a private citizen. He's a private citizen that they block off the streets and six limos uh, surround his limo to get him to court. Is <laughs> that kind and of he's got the he's got the rarely seen optional tax thing going. He lives at the White House. He's that kind of private citizen. Yeah. Um, uh, what what's Trump? Where he occasionally fumbles his cocaine. Hello. Oh, uh, what? Mm? Mm? What's Trump's latest problem? If you haven't heard that, among other things, on the way. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The superseding indictment out just moments ago also adds three new felony counts against the former president. He had already been facing 37 counts of mishandling classified information. Now he faces an additional count of willful retention of national defense information and two additional obstruction of justice charges. The superseding indictment charges Trump with two new counts based on allegations that he attempted to delete surveillance footage at Mar-a-Lago in summer of 2022. And so what exactly is going on here? Trump had already been indicted over the classified documents thing, obstruction of justice. And now they added some new stuff to the So they rip up the old one and start with a, this new one or add to it and a couple of new counts. Jonathan Carl explains it pretty good here in ABC News. And then we'll get the pushback from Republicans on all this stuff and see if you agree with them or not. And the detail here is is fascinating. He talks about going and looking to where the surveillance cameras are, walking with a flashlight. This is Walt Nauta and the head of security at Mar-a-Lago through a tunnel where the storage room where those documents were helped and looking where the surveillance cameras are. And then it quotes them. Go, they, they go to the surveillance shed where, where workers look at the surveillance video. And according to this indictment, De Oliveira, tells Trump employee four, we don't know who that is, that the boss wanted the server deleted. Uh, the boss wanted the server deleted and asked, what are we going to do now? Now, what this has to have Trump wondering is, who was telling this? Who is Trump employee four? How do they have this detailed account of exactly what Walt Nauta did when he went down there? 
So that would be second person hearsay. Employee number four is saying the maintenance chief said Trump told him. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's telling me this. So now they're going to talk to the maintenance chief, and it'll be interesting to see if he testifies to that or says, no, nope, that never happened. Wipe the server, like, with a cloth? <laughs> it's kind of an odd parallel. So Josh Hawley, senator from Missouri, was on Fox this morning talking about these new added-on charges. Yeah, now we're down to charging like random people, just throwing those into the indictments. Is it any coincidence that the DOJ rushes to add these new indictments today after the Hunter debacle, after their own self-dealing and two-timing is exposed, after they tried to hide from us the true extent of this plea deal, that gets blown up, and then it's like, oh, we got to go indict Trump on something else. I mean, it's so brazen right now what they're doing. It is really a subversion of the rule of law. I mean, they're taking the rule of law, turning it on its head, and, Lord, we just we cannot allow this to stand, the American people are not going to be safe. Our rule of our, our, our system of government is not going to be safe if this is going to be the new standard. Mm. Senator Ted Cruz was on Newsmax today and said the new charges brought forth is a disgrace. I think Merrick Garland should be impeached and removed for, from office for allowing the Department of Justice to be turned into a partisan hammer to attack the political enemies of the White House. See, the problem from the Justice Department's point of view in defending themselves against those charges from Hawley and Cruz is that they are guilty of self-serving or self-dealing and double-dealing and using the Justice Department as a hammer and or a pillow. Um, And so even if, you know, saying they're charging random people is not accurate, Senator Hawley. Um, But, yeah, that's the problem with being utterly corrupt is you kind of open yourself up to people thinking you're utterly corrupt. Yeah, Merrick Garland probably should be impeached for running a Justice Department that favors the president's son. I don't know about going after to protect the, the president to protect the president. Right. That's the whole point. I don't know if the maintenance worker at Mar-a-Lago is a random person being charged. Then Elise Stefanik, also a very Trumpy Republican, said it's no coincidence that the day after a federal judge throws out Hunter Biden's corrupt sweetheart plea deal, the Biden's weaponized Department of Justice continues its witch hunt against President Trump. Our republic is in peril. Our justice system is broken. Well, our Republican may, may be in peril and our justice system may be broken. I mean, those things, I think, were demonstrated pretty well earlier this week with that whole Hunter Biden thing. I mean, the Justice Department worked with the other side to make sure a connected, wealthy family got a better deal than you would get. That's a pretty way, way, way better. That's a pretty broken system. I'm not, based on the information we have right now, willing to go along with the fact that that extends to going after the maintenance worker at uh, Mar-a-Lago. I guess we'll see after they testify or not. Sorry, I had to turn off my mic for a minute. I sneezed violently. It's probably the coronavirus. So we're we're either going to... On paper, it looks like Biden and Trump are running again against each other again in 24. Then you might have either one of them end up in jail or, or out of office for political scandals. and Or you might have both. And then we're just wide open with neither one of them running. I don't know what's going to happen. Oh, the main thing here is uh, we didn't play the Andrew McCarthy clip on Fox. He's a former prosecutor. says, with these new charges, there's almost no chance that this goes to trial before the election. So this is all 
an interesting conversation, but this trial ain't going to happen before the people decide if they want Trump to be president or not. Well, and then we have the difficulty of trying a sitting president or he pardons himself. Yeah, That'd be wildly controversial. Yeah, he'd pardon himself and then wouldn't have to worry about it. Why? Oh, my God, this is going to be interesting to watch. If you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. Every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.